0: Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Today, for the meditation of scriptures, let us open the Bible and turn to Psalm 119. And today, we will be meditating the sections called Yod and Kaf, that is, verses 73 till 80 and verses 81 till 88. In verses 73 to 80 of the psalm, we understand that the psalmist recognizes the Lord as his creator and maker and he comes to a recognition of a fact that finally all things are shaping him and molding him and making him into the man of God that God wants him to be. He sees God's hand in everything that he does. In verses 73 to 75, he recognizes the hand of God and God's sovereignty. He says, your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. In verse 73, we see two activities of God. Number one, he creates us. Number two, he fashions us. And especially in the fashioning part, we need to have a greater understanding. So the psalmist says, give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. The Lord fashions every child of his according to his will and purposes using multiple instruments. He uses the word of God to change our heart attitudes and to tell us what is good and what is bad and what is according to his will and purpose. He also uses people in order to shape us and fashion us. He also uses the various life situations that we may be going through to fashion us. Overall, we are in the hands of God and he who has begun that good work in us will complete it in the day of the Lord and that is what a saint of God God has to believe and hope in. In verse 75, the psalmist says, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Even the affliction that the psalmist is having in his life, he recognizes it is the hand of God. And God does that not because he is a cruel God, but because he is a faithful God. And he will not stop fashioning us until we are perfected into his own image and likeness. Till he sees his very nature reflected in us, he will continue to fashion us and shape us. And that fact is imprinted into the heart of the psalmist and that is what makes him to say that he will still hope in the word. The psalmist is full of the understanding of the sovereignty of God and the love of God and the faithfulness of God that he is able to see that even in the unpleasant situations of his life. And that's why in verse 74 the psalmist says, Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice because I have hoped in your word. We see here a man of God who going through the afflictions in his life, he sees the hand of God and he still hopes in the word of God. And as a result of that, the people who are fearing God looks at this man and is filled with hope and they rejoice knowing that God is very much in control of his life. And even in the difficult things, he is still praising God. Having received a great understanding about the fact that God is the creator and the one who fashions us through the various events in life, the psalmist goes on to make five requests to God in verses 76 to 80. He says, let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. Verse 77, he says, let your mercy come to me that I may live for your law is my delight. Verse 78, he says, let the insolent be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood as for me. I will meditate on your precepts. Verse 79 he says, Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless in your statutes, that I may not be put to shame. The psalmist boldly comes before the throne of God and he makes these five real prayer requests before him. Number one he says in verse 76: Let your steadfast love comfort me. The psalmist is going through afflictions in his life and yes, it is God himself who has caused those afflictions as a chastening so that he will be made more and more into God's image and he will be purified. But that doesn't remove from that affliction the fact that in the affliction you need the comfort of God. And so the psalmist prays, let your steadfast love comfort me according to your promise to your servant. The psalmist is a servant of God who has received the promise of God. And while he is going through his afflictions, the psalmist praises God and asks him to allow the steadfast love of the Lord to give him the comfort that he very much needs now. So firstly, he asked God for comfort in his affliction. In verse 77, he says, Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. In some cases, we need the grace of God. That is like the divine enablement. In some cases, we need the mercy of God, which is unmerited favor of God. Even when we don't deserve it, we need that mercy. And Samuel says, Let your mercy come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. We need mercy in order to live. The very life of God, when it flows into us, that is what quickens us and enables us. And what is it that gives the psalmist the boldness to ask this prayer request to God? Because he says in verse 77, for your law is indeed my delight. I delight in the law and therefore I can ask you for the mercy that I need at this point of time. And verse 78 he says, let the insolent or the proud be put to shame because they have wronged me with falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. The psalmist is surrounded by evil people, proud people who are wrongfully accusing him with falsehood. And that is a very painful thing to go through. So he prays to God for vindication in this particular uh, time when he wants the insolent people, the proud people who are accusing him to be put to shame. The truth is that God may use people who are proud and wicked in order to shape us and in order to purify us. But that is no justification for the inherent wickedness that they have performed or they, that they have said or done. And God surely shall judge those wicked people for the wickedness that they have committed. And the psalmist prays to God, let them be put to shame for what they have done wrongfully to me. But he says, as for him, he will meditate upon your precepts. Because it is those precepts that kept him on the safe side and did not permit him to go and do the wicked deeds of the wicked people. In verse 79 he says, Let those who fear you turn to me that they may know your testimonies. In other words, the psalmist says, Let my life be a real testimony to those people who fear you and who love you. Here the psalmist is asking for that testimony and witness in his life and through his life. Let his life be a reflection of the grace of God. Let his life be a reflection of what God can do with a person who is inherently weak but into whom God pours his his precious ointment and grace. And lastly, in verse 80, the psalmist says, Let my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. There are the wicked people who do the wicked things and the evil ones who are the evildoers. And they shall be put to shame. But the psalmist says, Let my heart be blameless in your sight so that I will not be put to shame. It is a heart cry of a person who really wants to live the life and please God and walk in his ways. And I believe that God hears such a prayer when we pray to him with our whole heart. When we ask him to help us to walk blamelessly in his sight, he shall help us. Dearly beloved, when we look at the psalm, we see the testimony of a person who knows that he is a work in progress. God indeed is a supporter and we are the clay and he will not stop working on us till we become the vessel that he has planned us to be. Till then he will not stop and till then we have to rest assured and be calm in his presence till he completes that great work in us. And now we come to the next portion of the psalm that is verses 81 to 88 where the theme of this particular section takes a turn away from what we just saw. We saw earlier that the psalmist was occasionally facing many afflictions but still he was hopeful about the Lord and hoping in the word of God but here we know that he is still continuing to hope in the word but the persecution has increased to the next level and we see here that even though the believers are feeling overwhelmed by the oppression and persecution of the wicked people they still have to remain faithful to the covenant and ask God for his miraculous intervention. Jesus also spoke to his disciples that he was sending us out as sheep among the wolves. And he said, you will also suffer in this life for the glory of God. There is suffering in this world. Everyone who desires to be godly shall be persecuted. They shall go through suffering in this life. There is tribulation in this world. But the Lord says he is very much in control. And even though we are groaning inwardly, the suffering is very much painful and it is very real, we can cry out to God who will help us and who will deliver us. In verses 81 to 83 of the psalm, the psalmist cries out to God waiting for his word. He says, My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. The word long that is used in both 81 and 82 is like an intense yearning or a desperate cry. He is desperate for the deliverance of the Lord and the salvation of the Lord. And he says, I am hoping in your word. When everything is going haywire in our life, there is only one thing that can hope that we can put place our trust in. And there is only one thing that we can hope in. And that is the Lord and his precious word. The word of God reminds us, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall remain forever. And that becomes the anchor that our soul can hope in. We see here, The eyes are longing for the promise of God. He asks, when will you comfort me? The theme of comfort runs through many Psalms and we see that God is a God of all comfort. As we read in the book of Hebrews, he is the only one who can comfort us during the times of our trouble. And surely he shall do that. He will never forsake us. He will never leave us. He has drawn us in his very palms and we are very much secure in him. Verse 83 is one of the most beautiful verses of this uh, portion of the psalm where he says, For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. Wineskins were like the early bottles that were made of leather and when it becomes hard and brittle in order to make it soft and supple once again, it used to be hung in the smoke just above the fire so that that heat will be able to change the texture of the wine skin. And here the Samus feels the very same smoke and heat in his life. But guess what? That is actually transforming him and making him more soft and pliable according to the will of God and for the purposes of God. And therefore it is indeed a good thing that we go through an experience like this. It may not seem to be pleasant. But yet it is a small light affliction that we have to endure because there is an eternal weight of glory that is awaiting us. And he says here, in spite of having gone through the wineskin experience in his life, he still has not forgotten the statutes of the Lord. In verses 84 till 86, the psalmist says, how long, O God? That is a question that many people have asked God. How long should we endure this ridicule? How long should we endure this suffering? How long do you want us to remain in persecution? And very often God gives an answer to that. But sometimes he doesn't even give an answer to that question. But in the midst of that, the Christian practice is to wait upon the Lord and to renew our strength in the waiting process. Here the psalmist says, I'm going to wait for your deliverance. I'm asking you, how long must your servant endure? Endure. When will you judge those who persecute me? Sometimes, when we are going through a persecution and an unfair attack of the opponents and the enemies, sometimes we feel the need for vindication and we want God to judge those who are persecuting us. And here the psalmist gives vent to that cry of his and he plainly asks God the insolent, the proud people have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commands are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. That simple request, that simple heart cry is what God wants us to do. When we are compassed by so many situations that seem to be attacking us, so many people who seem to be aligned against us, it is a time to run to the Lord in prayer and cast ourselves upon the Lord in prayer. Come before the throne of grace and he will give the grace and mercy that we need in those rough times. And he says here, your commandments are sure. Those people do not live according to your law. But my moral compass is set according to your commandments. And in your word, I will trust. I know you will help me. That is the heart attitude of the psalmist that is crying out to God. How long? That may not be a question that God answers, but surely deliverance will come. Surely, as long as the Lord is alive, he will send salvation and deliverance to his beloved ones. Ultimately, when we receive that, we will rejoice and praise him and thank him, for he is a loving God and he is a faithful God. Verse 87 and 88 tells us the depth of the situation that he had gone to. He says, they almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. My life was almost snuffed out. They nearly ended my life here. They persecuted me to the extent that I was almost dead. But in spite of that, you gave me the grace not to forsake your precepts. Even while going through the tough situations in life, even when we are broken, the Lord wants us to be faithful. Broken but faithful is what the saint of God can be. We can be waiting for the Lord but still faithful in his presence because the Lord will surely reward every ounce of perseverance and every ounce of faithfulness that we have demonstrated for him on this earthly life, during this earthly sojourn, he will surely reward us eternally. And when we receive that reward, when we look back on the cost that we had to pay for the discipleship, that will sound like nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that God is going to give us. And he says in verse 88, In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth the prayer turns away from the enemies of God. It even turns away from the affliction and the life situation that he is going through. He just turns to God and he says, Lord, in your covenant faithfulness and in your steadfast love, give me that life of yours so that I will be able to keep the testimonies of your mouth. Dearly beloved, do not be discouraged. While we are waiting for God in our life situation, surely he says he will send his word and he will send his deliverance. Even when we are broken, let us cling to God so that we will be faithful in his presence. May the Lord bless us through his rich testimonies and through the meditation of the scripture.